Hello, Lightworkers. Happy Wednesday. Sorry this episode is being posted a little late. It's the day of. I usually record episodes on Mondays or Tuesdays. And I've been out in the mountains of Colorado. I'm on the very western portion of the state. And wow. I'm going to post a picture to at Lightworkers Lounge Instagram. So if you don't follow us, go over there because I am going to post a picture of where I'm recording this podcast right now. And you're not going to believe how beautiful it is. I'm staring at a waterfall that's miles away. So it looks tiny, but I know it's huge. And there's these gorgeous, huge mountains just towering over me. And everything's turning green. It's a little chilly, but nothing a light sweater can't handle. And everything just looks fake. It's so beautiful. Mmm. Um, yeah. So this week on the podcast, I just want to talk about the difference between following your heart and listening to your head. I know I posted a similar episode called This Is What Happens When You Follow Your Heart. Remember that? It was like a Dear Diary entry of my trip to Key West and how... If you're new to Lightworkers Lounge, my dream is to live in the Florida Keys. It has been for almost 10 years. And every time I go down there, just so many doors open up for me. I'm just in the flow of abundance. It's insane. Like job offers, housing offers. I make new friends every single day, like close friends that I'll talk to forever. It's it's incredible. And I think that is a sure sign from the universe that you are where you're meant to be with who you're meant to be with when things just flow so easily like that. You know, I think when you live somewhere and everything just goes wrong, I mean, there's so many factors to it because it's also your mind frame. You know, if you're always thinking negative, you're always going to attract negative experiences, negative people, negative jobs, negative everything. But, you know, it's, it's a gray line. So, ah. <sighs> But also, let's talk about just taking care of ourselves as empaths. You know, I run away from Denver a lot because the energy is just too, too much for me. Cities are wonderful. There's so much to do. But I just, I can't live there. I got to live in like a mountain town where I'm at right now. It's just so beautiful and quiet and peaceful. And my energy just feels so recharged. I've got a nice hot coffee next to me. It's such a, I wish you guys were all here sitting at this picnic table with me. And that we could just talk about life and love and being an empath and all the numbers we see and all the spirit animals we see. One day, you guys, one day, I promise, Lightworkers Lounge is going to be a real building. It's going to be where you're all welcome to come hang out. Sip coffee, have some green smoothies. It's going to be so fun. So... Something I struggled with growing up, especially as a woman, was taking time for myself and doing things by myself. I always felt like I had to give to others all the time and that taking a vacation by myself was just unheard of. Like, you've got so much to do. You need to go to work. You need to pay your bills. You need to do this. You need to do that. When in reality, I don't... I mean, of course, we have to pay bills, yes. But we need to take time out for ourselves, too. Now, here's a question for you guys. Have you ever taken a trip by yourself? Whether it was a road trip five hours away from home or you flew somewhere, have you ever traveled by yourself? If you just answered no, why not? 
I mean, really think about it. Why haven't you gone anywhere by yourself? And if you have, share it with everyone, loud and clear, how amazing is it? Absolutely amazing. It's really intimidating at first because you're like, ooh, I'm by myself. If something goes wrong, it is all on me. But then once you're just in the flow of it and you realize, oh my God, it's just me. I can eat when I want to, what I want to. I can go wherever I want to and hang out for as long as I want to. Like, you know, when you're with a group of people, like say you're out here in the mountains and your group wants to go hiking and you love it and you had a great time, but you only want to hike for 20 minutes instead of 20 hours, (laughs) then you can just get up and leave and go. Like you can just turn around and be like, you know what? This hike has served its purpose. I'm done. I'm going to turn around. You know, that's the beauty of being alone, traveling alone. And it totally, as an empath, I know all you guys are, it recharges you immensely. Immensely. I can't recommend it enough. The first trip I ever took by myself was to Key West. Of course. I flew down there all alone. Got to rent a car all alone. Took pictures all alone. Ate food all alone. It was nice. Although I really like sharing meals with people. So sitting alone at a cafe and eating and just kind of looking around. I mean, I made conversation with strangers, but it's nice. It forces you out of your comfort zone and you come back a completely changed person. And nine out of 10 times, you'll start planning your next trip alone. I'm not a mom yet. I can't wait to be though. I'm so excited to have little light worker babies one day, but I can imagine that when I am a mom, I'm hope, I hope my partner will understand when I say, Hey, I love being a mom. I live for my babies, but I need to go out and do something alone to get back in touch with myself and who I am. Because I think a lot of time, even men, because men have a lot of responsibilities too, they, we just, we lose ourselves and our responsibilities and giving to our children, to our families, to our work. Give, 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 give. We never get a chance to just sit and be alone and do stuff alone. And of course, hanging out with friends, going on trips with friends is even better. It's so much fun to share these sites with and say, hey, look, look at that waterfall. It's it's just invaluable. But trust me on this, guys. Going somewhere alone is the best. I actually, when I was in therapy for a year dealing with some anxiety issues, um, she she said, my counselor, wonderful woman, she said to me, have you ever taken yourself out? And I was like, What? She's like, yeah, have you ever taken yourself out to the movies? Have you ever taken yourself out to eat? And I just looked at her like, are you crazy? No, why would I go like to a restaurant and say party of one? Like, I still haven't done that, by the way. When I take myself out to eat, I just go to like a cafe or something, grab and go. I still think it's weird to be like, yeah, table for one, please. I don't like going out to eat anyway, so ignore that. (laughs) But she was right. I just looked at her like, no way. I'd never go to a movie by myself or traveled by myself and she just looked at me and smiled and gave me that smirk of like girl you're missing out <laughs> so try it that's my advice for this week guys try traveling by yourself that's what I I'm on day three of being out in the mountains all alone and I absolutely love it I don't want to leave this park I'm sitting at has wi-fi so technically I could sit here and work you know like I don't have to be back in Denver I really wish I could live out of a van <laughs> I know some of you, most of you are probably listening to that going, yeah, me too. Like you guys find it funny that our generation is so different than our parents. And I'm speaking this for the people who are like between 18 and 35, (laughs) but we just, we're such free spirits. We just want to live out of a van and travel the country. We want to work from home so that we have the flexibility to go where we want, when we want. 
we are so not about that nine to five, get a mortgage, have a baby, set, you know, da, 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 da. We want freedom and we want experiences over things. It's very interesting. And I'll be curious to see how, when we have children, what they're going to be like being raised by such free spirits like us. It's really, really beautiful. And I foresee it being totally different. Such a shift in energy. Hmm. Oh, you guys, the sun is just beating right on my face. And there's these dogs just frolicking around, like hopping, skipping. They're so happy to be on the grass in the sun. I miss my dog. I don't have him with me. My little pug, Jeffrey. He's back in Denver. I gotta bring him out here. Hero? <laughs> so anyways, I also wanted to talk to you guys about deciphering between your heart and your head. It's... I don't think you'll ever have this process down pat. Like, I follow my heart and it leads me everywhere I want to go. Like, this is just life and we'll always get confused by one or the other or which one's speaking to us. Oh, I also want to talk about deciphering fear from intuition. You know, because sometimes we'll get that gut feeling, but it's from fear because of a past experience. But most of the time it's our intuition saying, hey, listen up, don't do this, or yes, do that. But okay, rewind. Let's talk about the head and the heart. And if you read my book, Thyroid First Aid Kit, chapter three is called Head and the Heart because this is so important, not just to your thyroid, but for life. It's so important for life. Um, especially in America, we are just so conditioned to work and our egos rule the show and we don't listen to our hearts because our heads jump in and say, that's not rational, that's not responsible. I mean, this is the status quo. These are the rules. These are the guidelines. Don't call her outside of the box. Even though your heart may be screaming at you to call her outside of the box and tell you, yes, move here. Yes, take that job. Sure, your, your pay is getting cut in half, but do it because it feels so right and it feels so good. Or yes, go on a date with that person. Sure, at first glance in your mind, they're not your dream partner, but your heart's saying, hey, you should, you should go on a date with that person. Do it do it. Follow your heart, please. If there's anything I've learned in my 20s, it is to follow that gut feeling. Follow your heart, especially when it's screaming at you. And you know, there's those little nudges from your heart, like, "Mm, yeah, you you should probably do that. But then there's those times where it's like you get physically ill because your body and your heart and your intuition is just screaming, do it or leave that job. But your mind will be like, don't leave that job because how are you going to pay for your rent? You can't quit that job because how are you going to buy groceries? And of course, yes, that's rational thinking. And yes, we have to take that into account. But if there's anything else I've learned in my 20s, it's that when you follow your heart, the universe will take care of you. And I stutter a bit when I say that because I feel like there's so many people out there that would hear that and be like, wow, wishy-washy, get your head out of the clouds, you little new age shocker girl. But it's, it's worked for me. And when you truly follow your heart and give it your all, I don't think you can fail. And and even if you do, if there's that slim chance that you do, at least you can smile saying you tried it. You know? Like with me, I used to work a 9 to 5 and have that steady paycheck, which I dearly miss, not even going to lie, because it just makes life a bit easier to plan things. But then when I look at where I am working in front of a waterfall and mountains and birds and dogs versus the cubicle I used to sit in with no natural sunlight. I mean, I used to have to 
like sneak outside just to look at the clouds and see what the weather looked like or if I saw a storm on the radar I'd still be locked inside my building but I'd just look out the window like man I'd do anything to just be outside and watch the storm for five minutes but I couldn't because I was chained to a cubicle and I just kept thinking oh it gives me goosebumps just how gross it was and how backwards it was for me and my soul path because I was letting my ego my head run the show and it led me there exactly where I'm not meant to be and now look at me sure I don't have a steady paycheck week to week or month to month but look at where I'm working right now on a beautiful Wednesday I did it I dreamt of this I sat in a training room in Arizona with all the blinds shut because they didn't believe in sunlight. And I remember that day I almost cried because I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't just drive into an office every morning, not be outside in the grass and the sun, and then leave and have one hour left of sunlight and then go to bed and do it all over again. I can't. I have to be free. I have to get these shackles off. And it took me five years, you guys, because... I was very, I had anxiety and I always thought of the worst. Like, how on earth am I going to pay for my student loans or my car or my rent? Like, there's no way. I, I need this job, which was the completely wrong mindset to have. Because you don't need any job. You will find a way. You will. And how do you know when, when it's time to quit that job or leave that relationship or make that move that you've been dreaming about? It could be a week. It could take you a year. It could take you five years like me. It took me five years. Or it could take you a decade. Um, hopefully it doesn't, but if that's the time you need, then do it. Don't rush things. You'll know. If you're in tune with yourself, you'll know when it's time to make that big move. But don't hesitate on it for too long because that's just continuing to let your ego and your head run the show. <laughs> don't think about it too much, guys. Don't. What's that Drake song? Don't think about it too much, too much, too much, too much. This is more than just a new loss for you. <laughs> the sun just came out like, oh, as I was singing. That was beautiful. Do you guys have any issues you're thinking about when I brought that up? Like, do you guys have a job that you just want to quit so bad? Are you in a relationship that you're like, get me out of this? Are you in a living situation that you just don't resonate with? Have faith that it'll change and trust yourself. Trust yourself to make the right move. That took me a long time to do, to completely trust myself. Like, Steph, you can do this. You can do this. Five years, guys. Took me five years. Lots of self-talk, lots of crying, lots of frustration, lots of how on earth will I ever make this work? But I started to think less and do more. Like, if you work a nine-to-five and you're not ready to quit it because the fear is just too scary, it's too intense right now, do the podcast after work. Go hiking and take photos after work. But, you know, don't go home and sit and scroll on social media. I just posted a really great thing on Lightworkers Lounge about, let me pull it up. Like, don't compare your life to others. So don't go work that nine to five. And then, let's see. 
Okay, here it is. Spend less time watching other people live their lives and spend more time enjoying your own, okay? So, okay, you work a nine to five that you don't like. That's fine. It pays your bills. You need it right now. That's cool. Just know it's not forever. But when, as soon as you go home, fight for your dream. Spend your time chasing your dream. If you want to be a musician, go home and practice your instrument. If you want to be a yoga teacher, go home and practice yoga. Like, don't sit and scroll through Instagram or Facebook and just look at other people living their lives. That's one thing that uh, irked me is that people would look at my social media and say, wow, you travel all the time. You're so lucky. And a lot of people are like, where do you get the money to do this? And it just blows my mind. People think I'm some wealthy person that has all the free time in the world to just travel. It's like, no, you prioritize what you want to do. And yeah, if you don't travel, it's because you're sitting at home and you're not prioritizing it. That's it. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted watching two dogs play. They're so happy. <sighs> Prioritize your money. Like, I you guys probably heard me say this before, but I haven't bought new clothes in like two years. Because I just, I, I love shopping. I got a Taurus rising. I love to shop and look nice and have nice clothes. But I just can't because I'm like, wow, this $50 for this t-shirt could have been spent on a full tank of gas or two to go out to the mountains and hang out. This could have been one night at a cheap Airbnb. Like, that's just my mindset. So, of course, I'm always on the road. I make time for it. I prioritize it. It is my life. So many people, I laugh at this. They're like, oh, wait till you have a baby. You're not going to be doing that anymore. And, okay, probably true in a sense, but babies are portable. And, yes, it adds on responsibility. But, hell, yeah, me and my baby are going to travel everywhere. They're going to be little free spirit adventure babies. Bring on the added responsibility. Jeff, my pug, is great practice. (laughs) So, this week's episode, it's 10, 10 a.m. What's up, lightworkers? Sorry this episode isn't really structured. I mean, they're never structured every week. This is just, I sit down at a table, at a bench, at a swing, and I just pretend you're sitting right next to me. That's all I do. And I just chat like you and I would if we were together in person. So, I hope you guys enjoy it. This is real life, baby. Nothing planned. No script. Just me sitting in the sun, staring at a mountain, staring at a tree or dogs freestyling off the top of my head thinking back on my own life I get asked a lot like how do you stay so positive when I share with people the things that I've been through and the traumatic experiences and the bullying and just the negative stuff people cannot believe that I have a podcast called Lightworkers Lounge or that I'm just optimistic about everything Even my therapist was like, after I told her all the trauma I'd been through, she would cry. But she would also say, where do you find your optimism? Where do you find your will to continue and your your courage? And I'm still trying to figure that out. But I just have this underlying knowing that nothing lasts forever. Not good times, not bad times. So even when things are really bad, I I sit in it and I feel it. But I don't. I just know that it's a wave and it's going to go away and that something really beautiful is going to happen again. Like I'll look at my own Instagram at Stephanie's underscore destiny. If you want to follow me and I just look at my photos and all the beautiful, you know, that's my highlight reel, just like everyone else. So I'd look at the photos and I'm like, okay, life is really fucking shitty right now, but I'm going to have another moment where I'm sitting in the sun under a mountain recording a podcast, feeling so happy. And I just, I hold on to that. 
and I know that nothing lasts forever. So I think that's my trick. Um, what's your guys' trick to not staying depressed or sad? Or What's your trick as an empath to decompressing, rising your energy? Do you guys remember a couple weeks ago I said, put up your purple shield. So many of you have messaged me and said it's working and that you've, you're doing it every day. And that makes me so, so happy because it's so important that you guys protect yourselves. Being an empath is a blessing and a curse. Such a gift, but you got to be careful with it. Put that purple bubble up. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, it's called What Every Empath Needs to Know. So go check it out. (sighs) Did I talk about everything I mentioned in the beginning? Head in the heart. Ego in the heart. Intuition. Oh, man. Intuition is such a good one, guys. I've had so many times, especially in my teens and my 20s, where my intuition was so strong and spoke to me so intensely, but I ignored it because my head and my ego, woo, big gust of wind. My head and my ego were always like irrational. You need to go to college. You need to get this degree. You need to do this and this and this because that's stability. And I grew up moving around all the time. Um, my mom, I, she had different boyfriends. This is not, this is not a bad thing. I hate saying this because I feel like it hurts her feelings, but that was just the reality of it. Different guys coming in and out. So nothing was stable. But I, I, I feel like I crave stability, but I just can't settle for that nine to five. It's a really conflicting feeling, but I know you guys know what I'm talking about. I should have a podcast episode about that, huh? I was raised without a father. Yeah, that could be its own episode, but let's talk about it a little bit. So um, I was born in Indiana to my mom and my dad, but they divorced when I was five years old he was an alcoholic and violent and yeah not good and sometimes I'm like I want to share these violent traumatic stories of experiences I had to go through but I feel like they need their own episode and then I worry about what if my dad ever listens to this and feels like such shit that but you know what that's another thing a lot of people have asked me about my book that I wrote first aid kit I wrote about people who bullied me I wrote about my mom and my dad and just family members that have hurt me I love them endlessly of course they're my family they're my blood and the people who bullied me I've long forgiven them and we're cool and we chat on social media and but you know that's my experience and a lot of people have asked like aren't you afraid what they're gonna think when they read it and at first I was like "Ooh, yeah but then one of my friends gave me such great advice and she said you have to tell your story that was how you viewed it that is what happened to you you would be in a disservice to yourself if you didn't tell your story and how you felt you know you wouldn't be authentic with your readers so I was like you know what that's right because I'm all about being authentic and real and genuine with you guys no front no cover nothing so I wrote about them and yeah I, I have had a couple family members be like why did you really think that you really thought that way I didn't know that affected you like that and I'm like yeah that it did affect me that way but don't feel bad because you are a that was 20 years ago you are a completely different person now and that's in the past but it's still a part of my story so I'm gonna write about it that's my advice for you guys if you ever blog or write a book or start a podcast be authentic and if one of your family members or friends is offended and gets mad at you and doesn't talk to you that's a reflection of them where they are inside so don't worry about it they'll either come back around or they weren't meant to be in your tribe anyway but 
yeah, I grew up without a dad. So my parents divorced when I was five, and then I moved to New Hampshire when I was like nine or ten. But I grew up without a dad, and for so long, the word dad or father, even now, I mean, now that I'm almost 30 years old and parents aren't really a necessity like they used to be, it doesn't feel as awkward or weird. But for a while, the words dad or father were so foreign and weird to me. It was like speaking a different language. It was so bizarre. And then when I got married, something really broke my heart is that um, my husband, he didn't have, he grew up without a father too, which, by the way, if you're ever in a relationship, I'm not suggesting you go find someone who doesn't have a father if you didn't have a father either, but it really is a great way to have an underlying bond and connection to just be able to be like, wow, I didn't know what it was like either. We're going to try our best to prevent that for our kids. It's, it's very beautiful and very special. I've dated people who grew up with that quote-unquote perfect two-parent family, and it really was hard to connect with them because of just... I was like, wow, we're going to a Father's Day event? This is weird. What do you, what do, you do with these things? What do you get them? <laughs> but sorry, I got a little sidetracked there. There's so many dogs running around me. It's so hard not to get sidetracked. I love dogs. Um, yeah, I grew up without a dad. And my husband, he didn't have a father either. And so one day it just hit me that I was like, oh, my God, Mitch, when we have kids they are not going to know what a grandfather is. They're not going to know what a grandpa is. That word's going to be foreign to them, just like dad was to us. And I just, oh my God, I had to talk about that in therapy for weeks because it just broke my heart, broke my heart. I had a grandpa, I had one grandpa growing up and he was, he was like my dad. He was just, we loved each other. We had a very special bond. I'll, I'll bet it was like a past life connection or something, but I loved, loved, loved him. Unfortunately, he passed away when I was 13, but I always wonder what it would be like if you were still around. But, yeah, that really broke my heart. But Mitch would always say, you know, it is really sad, but a lot of our generation, they don't have dads or grandpas, and so it's not like our children will be alone in that, which is true, but it's still just, that's, that's tough. Can you imagine not having a grandpa or a grandma? It's sad. Oh, families. Can't pick them, right? (laughs) They drive you nuts, but they'll always be there for you. Oh, I wish you guys were here. I want to hear, I love hearing about family dynamics. And as a holistic health coach, this is what I talk about with my clients. Honestly, we don't talk about food and vegetables and fruit, blah, blah. Like you all know what to eat to be healthy. I don't need to have you pay me to tell you to eat a banana, you know? So during my health coach sessions, we talk about your career, what it's like at work for you. We talk about your family for weeks. We'll talk about your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters. We talk about all that because that is so important in your physical health and your emotional health. We call it primary food. Love, family, relationships, spirituality, career. That's your primary food. Your secondary food is the carbs, fats, grains, meat, cheese. That's secondary. That's not as important. So yeah, I grew up with just my mom, my brother, and me. Little three-person tribe. It was so much fun. I love them. They drive me nuts, but I absolutely love them. (laughs) When we're vibing, it's so much fun. They are hilarious. They're eccentric. They are so goofy. 
you know what's interesting? I bring this up to a lot of people and they always say, me too. My family and I. So we grew up not hugging or kissing or saying I love you. That's still very weird to us. We don't do it. But when people see us together, they're like, wow, that is a really tight knit family. We're so close. And there's this underlying current of love between us that is just unbreakable. No matter how many times we get angry at each other or disagree or go down different paths, there's just that underlying love always there. But we never hug or kiss or say, I love you. And people, people think that's so weird. And you know, it's funny because my mom raised us and she was also raised the same way. Don't hug, don't kiss, don't say I love you. So she's just continuing on with what feels normal to her. And so I'm always like, oh, when I have a baby, they are just going to be hugged and kissed. And I'm going to tell them I love them every second of every day just to kind of break that chain, you know. And I don't look at my mom and say, shame on you for not hugging or kissing me. I mean, that's just all she knows, you know. That's how she was raised and it's still uncomfortable for her. I mean, that's some deep-seated conditioning, you know. And I find a lot of families are like that. They don't hug or kiss or say I love you. Actually, I find that a lot of families who do hug and kiss and say I love you don't have that underlying love. Like they'll show the actions and say the words, but at the end of the day, if they were to get in a fight, they'll hold grudges for years and not talk to each other and not see past each other's differences. And so it's pretty, it's an interesting dynamic there. Oh gosh, I wish you guys were here to share your family stories. Do you hear all the freaking dogs? Let me pause this. <laughs> Crazy fluff balls. Okay, intermission over. <laughs> Sorry about the puppies. Oh, now there's another little French bulldog. Oh, I think a girl thinks that I'm her friend. She just looked at me and said, oh, hi, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> Okay, anyway. Okay, I should probably wrap this up because clearly I'm making lots of new friends. But um, I just want to tell you guys to please follow your heart. Even if it hurts some people, even if some people don't agree with it and give you shit for it, please follow your heart. Because when you do, you're a happier person. You're a better person. You do more for the world. You do more for yourself. But you do more for the world. I mean, that is how you fulfill your light working duties is by being your best self. So if you know, you know you're a light worker if you're here, right? Of course. So start working on yourself. If you're not doing anything that you think is changing the world, that's a daunting task to sit there and think, I want to do something to change the world, but I have no idea what to do. Step one, take care of yourself. Follow your heart. Say no to things that don't resonate with you and say yes to the things your heart tells you to, no matter what. That's how you begin. That's how you find your destiny as a light worker. Okay? It's getting windy. I, I think the wind is a sign from the universe saying yes. <laughs> and of course it picks up when I say that. But that's what I look at the wind. It's a life force. It's the universe saying yes. Yes, yes, yes. Change is in the air and you are speaking the right words. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope you have a very wonderful Wednesday and the rest of your week. Jupiter is in all of our uh, planets right now. So whether you're a Taurus or a Capricorn or a Sagittarius, Aquarius, Jupiter is in our favor this week. So I hope you guys have had a really good week so far. And if you haven't, you're about to. (laughs) Okay, there's literally like eight, nine, ten dogs. Oh, now 11 in front of me. So I'm going to go run with them. All right, guys. I love you. Thank you for tuning in. I will talk to you next week. I can't wait. Bye. It's with you every moment.